Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting edition of Monday Motivation. Hi everyone, this is Rabbi Garfinkel of Project 613 here in Chicago, a snowy Chicago day as we are recording on what we call secular New Year's Eve to be listened to on New Year's Day. I am sure that all of you will be listening to Monday Motivation before the Sugar Bowl and before the Rose Bowl. Absolutely, because that is real motivation plugging into Torah ideas. Okay, I hope everyone is enjoying end of calendar year time with family and we'll have a we'll have had a very safe and productive New Year's Eve. Okay, and New Year's Day as well. Okay. Uh you know, my wife and I have a joke that um we we should be very careful about what we teach because as soon as we teach that we're going to be tested in that area. It's like Hashem's like, yeah, buddy. Hey, Garfinkel. Yeah, R- Rabbi, you really believe that? You're pontificating on Monday Motivation about X, Y, or Z, or you're teaching your young professionals in downtown Chicago. Well, let's see just what you're made of and if you have that opportunity and if you can live up to the message that you're preaching. Are you going to walk the talk? So last week, if you remember, we heard the incredible story of the Chaim family. Unfortunately, Yotam, who was killed by Israeli soldiers and his mother, Ris, who is incredible, forgave the soldiers and invited them. And we talked about the quality, the characteristic of being Mavir al-Midosav, of to overlook potentially the hurt that is done to someone, right? When someone offends you, doesn't do what you want them to do. Right? Who says they're supposed to do what you want them to do? Okay. And um, so I had a feeling it was going to happen this week. So year end. Now, I don't know if any of you are fundraisers at the end of uh, the year. You know that you have an opportunity to sneak in there and get uh, get your last licks of get your donors in. Special things called libunts. Oh, libunts. What are libunts? Libunts is an acronym for last year, but unfortunately not this year. L-Y-B-U-N-T-S. And it's a funny term, but I did my best to get all my libunts in, all the people who had given to us before to Project 613. And it, there were a lot, and it was a significant amount of money on the table. And one uh, donor family in particular uh, with an extremely large donation that was still yet to be to be donated. And I, th- I thought to myself, I'm getting all huffy and why and this and I did everything right and I did the right efforts and it dawned on me. This, this is it. I'm not entitled to one cent of any one of my donors. They can decide to be part of this amazing mission or not, but it's up to them. And I have no right to be up-de-do or upset in any way. These are people's hard-earned money. They can choose to give tzedakah the way they want to. And so I had this opportunity. Am I going to pull back my emotional feelings to them? Am I going to be upset? Am I going to let it get me down? 
And I realized this is exactly what the podcast was last week. The podcast was, even though people don't do what you want or maybe offend you, or I've convinced myself in a million ways why it's the best thing for them to have made that donation, but they decided not to. So does that mean I pull back? Does that mean that I don't love them? Does that mean that I'm not grateful for the incredible support that they've given all these years? And I hope this is not too raw and, uh, and real. But the answer is no. No, you can't pull back. You have to love them just, the, just as much as if they would have written double the check. Why? Because that's what Hashem does with us. When we upset or let down or don't do what we should do vis-a-vis the Almighty, He cuts us slack. He still showers us with energy. We wake up in the morning, our heart's still beating, our lungs are still breathing, our kidneys are filtering, our toes are creating balance for us. You realize how how important toes are, by the way? You know, we couldn't walk or stand up straight without toes, okay? Our ears are working, our eyes are seeing. And if at one moment Hashem would be all huffy and say, you're not doing what I want to do, you know, (laughs) one shrimp and there goes your eyesight, God forbid, right? Can you imagine that? And so therefore, I saw this as an incredible teaching moment, a living moment to live up to the Monday Motivation message of last week. I wish this family all all the very best and god willing it's not the end of the rodeo god willing there'll be many more donations but um but whatever that may be this is what it means to walk in god's ways to be like hashem that even though the other person did not behave and act the way we wanted them we don't pull back and i'd love to hear some stories i left the challenge Last week, for people to reach out to anyone, someone in their lives who they feel that they have pulled away from, rightfully so even, and be the initiator of that contact to reconnect. Please let me know. Tell me tell me a nice story. Uh, please give me feedback. Okay, that is the end of the first segment of the podcast, which reminds me, please, everyone, like and share a new year of 2024. We want to see the continual rise of money motivation and the Torah messages that it shares all around the world, literally all around the world. All right. So the here's the game plan. We're going to talk just briefly about this last week's Torah portion. And then we are going to stay to say an incredible story and which demonstrates those principles. And if there's time, we're going to say another incredible story. So that's okay if we only get one story because it's incredible enough. But if we have time, we'll try and do two. Okay, game plan? There we go. So this last week's Torah portion, we finished the book of Genesis. Sefer Bereshis, the book of Bereshis of Genesis, we finished. And this coming week, we're going to be starting the book of Shemos. And the Torah portion of Shemos is very exciting. And this last Torah portion of Bereshis is called Vayechi. Vayechi, which means, and he lived. And the Torah portion begins, Vayechi Yaakov. And Yaakov lived, Be'eretz Mitzrayim, in the land of Egypt, Shvas Reshana, 17 years. And it goes on, etc. Okay, his total life. 
And the question is, why does it say, the commentator say, Vayechi Yaakov? It could have just said, Yaakov was in the land of Israel. There's a sp- particular emphasis on Vayechi, on Vayechi, that Yaakov lived his last 17 years of his life. Now, Yaakov lived 147 years, and the first 130 years of his life were particularly challenging from the womb when he was wrestling inside the womb with Esau, his twin brother. And Esau, even though the Midrash says that Yaakov was conceived first, it was like a bottle. So he was conceived first, but he was further in and therefore the second one to come out. So Esau got the firstborn, quote unquote, even though he wasn't the first to have been created. And that was all fixed when Esau sold the first, the birthright and Yaakov claimed it. And then we know the rest of the story of the quote unquote trickery. And from that moment on, Yaakov's life was filled with conflict and discord and challenge from him having to flee from Esau, his brother, wanting to kill him. And then from all of the treachery of his father-in-law, Lavan, marrying his two daughters, Leah and Rachel, and working 14 years for his wives and then another six years. And then coming back to the land of Israel dealing with Esau, who the last time he saw him wanted to kill him. And then his daughter, Dina, being raped. And then right when he thought everything was going to calm down, the story of Yosef and his brothers, the discord of his children. And Yaakov, for 22 years, thought that Yosef was dead. His pride and joy, the one from his beloved wife, Rachel, Rachel, he thought that Yosef was what, the equivalent of what we call the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, the one who was going to be the spiritual chief, the CEO of the Jewish people, and he was dead. At least he thought he was dead. And then, miraculously, I mean, really just unbelievable. The story's incredible. Yosef is alive. Not only is he alive, he's alive Jewishly, as we said last week. He's maintaining faith and faithfulness to the principles that Abraham and Yitzhak and Yaakov passed down of one God, of a, of a demand for Jews to live a moral life, even in the midst of the peer pressure of Egypt. And after 130 years, finally, Yaakov could live, really live. He was so burdened with such difficulties that the verses Vayechi Yaakov, these last 17 years. Now, this was not retirement to Punta Cana. This was not, you know, going to uh, the the beaches of Nice, Khan, all the French Riviera. He had 17 years to be with his family, to learn Torah, to learn, to be immersed in connection to Hashem, to be the spiritual steward of his family what it means to be a Zaidi, to be a grandfather, to have that spiritual impact on your children and your grandchildren. I have the blessing, at least now, starting a little bit with two of my two grandchildren, and it, it's such a special relationship. And, and we see that Yaakov was alive for these 17 years because he lived the values of the Torah. He lived the values for which Hashem 
wanted him. And that's what it's called to be alive. And I'd like to share with you the first of this story. And we'll see, maybe the only story of this podcast, but it is a powerful story about someone living for Torah values, being truly alive in the most challenging circumstances. All right, fasten your seatbelts. I have to give credit where credit is due to Mishpacha Magazine and their, their children's magazine, Trio, newly minted, newly rebranded, has a fantastic story on page eight. And here it goes. So there was a great tzaddik, a great righteous person, Jew, who lived in Zhvil. Zhvil is a city in Ukraine. And you will forgive me, but I will part of story. Go, go to Russian accent. Please forgive me. Okay. Rav Gedalia Moshe Goldman was a Rav in Zhvil, and he did a terrible crime during the communist regime. He taught Torah. He taught Torah and he was living as a Jew and he was sentenced to seven years of slave labor in freezing Siberia. Okay, the article here says that the temperatures in Siberia get as low as negative 70 Fahrenheit and negative 56 Celsius. Now, I don't know about anyone, but people complain about the weather a lot in Chicago. It ain't nothing like this. Nothing. Sorry, even with the wind chill, coldest day, I never. I've been here now 17 years. No, it, not, not, nothing like this. Okay, and this is how Stalin, Yamakshimov Zichro, his name and memory be obliterated. He, uh, it was a key tool of him obliterating, killing 30, uh, t- over 10 million people in his 30-year reign, some say even more than 10 million people, is by sending them to Siberia. Now, along with Rev. Gedalia Moshe was an elderly Jew, but he was not a religious Jew, named Yosef Yoselovich. Yosef Yoselovich, Yosef, the son of Yosef. You know, Joseph, the son of Joseph, basically. And uh, they were, they worked together, they helped each other out, and both of them were there for a sentence of seven years' slave labor. And somehow, miraculously, both of them made it through seven long years of absolutely grueling, difficult, challenging, beyond circumstances. And the seven years had ended. Now, I'm going to butcher this word for anyone who knows Russian. But it's the, the article says the Nachalnik. Nachalnik. Nachalnik is the Russian official in charge of their work camp. The modern must be like some sort of official, guard, something like that, with power. He brings them into the office. He says, I have good news for you. Ha, ha, ha. Well, the ha, ha, ha was mine. <laughs> I'm ready to release you. Just sign these papers, and then you may collect your belongings and take the next train out. Ha, ha, ha. So the Russian officer throws it down to them. It's time to go. You could imagine how elated there was. they were, unfortunately. Or fortunately, Rav Gedalia Moshe knew that this was not any day. This was not any day. This was Shabbos. It was Shabbos Kodesh. It was the Holy Sabbath day. 
And there are rules about when you can break Shabbos and when you cannot break Shabbos. If it is a life-threatening scenario, you can break Shabbos. Not only should you break Shabbos, you're obligated to break Shabbos. A pregnant woman who's going into labor is obligated to break Shabbos. And there are certain ways, actually, the Talmud debates if you're actually break, you're allowed to break Shabbos for that, or it's not even considered that you're breaking it, is that your obligation to keep Shabbos melts away. That's a Talmudic debate. But either way, it's a mitzvah at that point to break Shabbos. But he said to himself, he actually was doing okay. He was feeling good. He was not in a life-threatening situation. And therefore, he said, I can't sign. And he tells this, this official, I'm sorry, I cannot sign today because it's Shabbos. And he assumed that he'd be able to sign the next day. And what's the big deal? But the official, the Nachalnik, was shocked. He got very, very upset because he did not want this Jew to be keeping Shabbos after all this time. Don't you know that your day of liberation is now, he screamed. If you don't sign now, you'll never get out of here. Ha, ha, ha. Again, no ha, ha, ha's in the story. That's my creative license. So he remained calm, the Rav, and he said, okay, whatever God wants is fine. I, I just cannot sign today. And the Nachalnik got really even angrier. Then he turned to Yosef Yoselovich and he said, hopefully you will act sensibly. Just sign here and you may go. And this is a crazy part of this story. Yosef told the Nachalnik, I'm sorry, I also cannot sign today because today is the Holy Shabbos. Now, time out. What's going on? This guy, this Yosef, is not from, he's not Shomer Shabbos. So why in the world did he do it? He did it because of the respect that he had for the rabbi. And even though he saw the reaction of this Russian official was enraged and infuriating and infurious, he still risked his own life and his potential for freedom because of his allegiance to the rabbi and the principles for which he stood. There's a very big lesson as Jews. When we stand for our principles, others around us respect us more, not respect us less. And he flew into a fit of rage. And the Chalnik said that you both are crazy. And I promise you, you will never, ever leave this prison. And the Chalnik closed the papers that they were supposed to sign on the dotted line and left the room. But right as he was leaving, Rev Goldman said, wait, hold on one moment. And he called on the Chalnik and he turned back. And Rev Goldman said to him, he says, you know what? I am in good health. But Rev Yosef over here, he's much older than I am. And he really is in a situation of life-threatening situation and he could die at any moment and so therefore i want to sign for him so that he will be able to be free this is what it means to follow torah and halakha 
It's not one size fits all. There are principles that have different applications. And therefore, it was a mitzvah for Rav Goldman to sign for his friend Yossel, but it wasn't a mitzvah to sign for himself. And, and at that moment, the Nechalnik, his eyes melted and his whole being slumped over. And he walked back to the desk and he said, I have never seen anything like this ever in my life. I am so impressed that I will sign for both of you. And that is what he did. Folks, we as Jews are living in unprecedented times. We're living in times that are challenging us to live, but not just to subsist and not just to go through the motions, but to live as Jews, to live with our values, to live with our principles, to be able to sacrifice for our identity and the identity of our Jewish people. That is what it means to live as Jews when you're willing to give it all up, to pass up the opportunity to sign on the dotted line is tremendous because we know that the Almighty will always sign on the dotted line for us. God bless. Have an amazing week, a week of living, a week of forgiving. Send me your stories of who you forgave and we'll see you again right back here for another exciting edition of Monday Motivation. Motivation.